What is up, everybody? This is Dallas. And I'm T. And we are DTR Comics Podcast. Um, the R is, is, a, is a rotating letter at this point. Yeah, she was busy this week. <laughs> yeah. I also feel like it's funny because it's just DT Comics. That's Those are your actual initials. Da-na-na-na. That's my master plan. I'm just going to kick you out slowly. <laughs> Tell it's just like, me. It was always me. <laughs> it's just me talking alone in a room about comic books. Um... But yeah, we we're talking about Murder Falcon, which is fantastic. Thank it's you to so good. Thank you to all of our listeners over the last couple of weeks. This is the first podcast we're doing that isn't a backlog anymore. So we're recording this on a Saturday and it's going to be coming out on Thursday. So if you regularly listen to this podcast, thank you. We are I'm always shocked every week. There's like somebody from Canada that listens and by no means are we the hottest podcast. We're not serial or anything, but like people are listening to us and it's really nice and we're super grateful for you guys. But yeah, like, like he was saying, we're reading Murder Falcon by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer today. Uh, Daniel Warren Johnson does both the art and the writing and he does the first three issues worth of lettering. And then Russ Wooten does lettering for the remainder of the book, and Mike Spicer does all the coloring throughout Murder Falcon. And this was my favorite comment of twenty or comic of twenty nineteen, oh, which yeah. is something because I got into comics in twenty nineteen, and so this this may be my personal favorite comic. Period. I definitely think that's fair. Like among comics that I've read, this is something special for sure. And it's we've read a lot of things, and I feel like there might be some things with some more cultural impact. Like Mouse, I think is such a valuable, valuable piece of literature that everybody should read. But I w- this was my favorite. I would agree. Um, this had a really fun balance of fun heroic exciting but like having something to say because i feel like oftentimes i with my superhero books the best superhero books are able to do that right but just your run in the mill is like oh such and such is going on an adventure this week it's gonna be entertaining and then most of my indie be the bad guy yeah and then most of my indie books are like here is a deep philosophical look on life told through the medium of comics but it's really like catching lightning in a bottle when you're able to do both of those things and Daniel Warren Johnson just kills it right off the bat with Murder Falcon. Yeah, no kidding. It's entertaining. It has all the fun parts of a superhero thing with some fighting and you've got heroes and they've got powers and it's fantastic for that in that sense. But it also deals with some really heavy themes. Yeah, do you want to kind of give a rundown of what Murder Falcon's all about? So, the preface behind Murder Falcon is the main character, his name is Jake, and he is a heavy metal guitarist. And monsters start appearing on the earth and attacking people, and Jake is able to summon a being from the place, this place known as the Heavy who is a manifestation of of metal music, and his name is Murder Falcon. He's a humanoid falcon with a giant metal arm and a red bandana who 
fights monsters and he can fight better as, as Jake plays guitar. And the better Jake plays, the better Murder Falcon can fight. And so it seems like this this almost childlike thing, you know, where you can imagine some 14-year-old like, yeah, I'll play guitar and destroy evil. And it uses that approachable thing to tell a very, very impactful story about bravery and dealing with some of life's difficulties. Yeah, I definitely didn't think that a book titled Murder Falcon would bring me to tears this year, but it certainly did. Like, it's such a, I don't know what the word for it, like, metal. Like, it's such a metal premise to a story where it's like, yeah, this dude treads on his guitar to power this gigantic falcon hero to fight monsters. But, like, that is not at all what the book is about. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you never thought this thing about somebody punching a hole in a monster is gonna make you cry but it does i i cried so much this is probably the single piece of media that has made me cry more than anything else and i'm not a big crier yeah i mean you are cold and heartless we remember that from our sx county episode that you have no feelings so this book really is magic dallas is still bitter that i did not cry in essex county i am um you said you wanted to read the intro a couple paragraphs right I do. And you have to bear with us because it's it's four or five paragraphs and it's a little letter from Daniel Warren Johnson, the writer and artist. But at right before the first page it says, you ever have something bad happen so bad that it makes you nervous to take chances to have new experiences? That's what happened to Jake. And it's happened to me. And I'm guessing it's probably happened to you. A friend that I admire and respect greatly told me once that Everyone is either in a storm currently or will be in one someday. It's inevitable. Pardon my language, but shit really does happen all the time. And we are powerless to stop it. Powerless, but not silent. I've been playing guitar since I was 11 years old. It's part of me. And whenever I feel a storm coming, I would play my guitar for hours and hours. I was going through a storm when I was drawing extremity. There was a lot of pain and many long nights. It made me want to give up. To stop trying, it was hard to be brave, to hold my head up and still enjoy what life had to offer. But there was always my guitar. There was always music. It never fixed anything, but it made things just a little bit better. Like there was hope for something somewhere. That's why I love metal. It's brash, it's silly, and it's completely unafraid to yell into nothingness, even in the midst of suffering, joyful in a sea of dark. And what better way to give the middle finger to our tragedies than to rip into a guitar solo? Murder Falcon has everything I love in it. Heavy metal, old vans, beer, whammy bars. But it's also about being brave. Brave enough to pick up an instrument and create something greater than the things that haunt us. Thanks for being here. Daniel Warren Johnson. That's it. That's the whole podcast. And that text is so inspiring, but... That feeling of those words gets into every page of this. Oh, yeah. You can tell that when he says Murder Falcon has everything I love in it, that you can tell Daniel Warren Johnson's heart's on the page here. Oh, yeah. And in both the messaging of overcoming hard things, but also in just celebrating a lifestyle that honestly I wasn't familiar with and that I viewed differently before this book like you and i i after you read this book 
you started listening to metal music throughout the house. And I was like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, we are a Metallica enter Sandman only kind of house. <laughs> You're like, what happened to all the lo-fi beats and the, I don't know what, white alternative rap or white alternative guys. <laughs> like, where are all the guys singing flat with twangy guitars? <laughs> but... This book changed us, introduced us to a whole world that we weren't familiar with and showed us how much heart is in a given medium, which I think is a beautiful thing for a comic to do because comics have done that for both of us. Like comics have introduced us to a medium, to a new world, to a way of expressing ourselves. And it's fun to have a comic book introduce us to a new type of music, a new art form that can be that impactful as well. Yeah. And I think this is one of the themes that I loved in this in this book is sort of this optimistic but not downplaying how hard things are this optimism in, in the face of pain which is something that i love because like personally i've i've had a lot of hard things in my life and i imagine that all of you listening have had a lot of hard things in your life things that you don't know how you get to the other side of things that seem bigger than are possible to handle. And sometimes you don't know how to go get on or how to go on. And it's interesting because I've had all those moments, but I'm, I'm still an optimist and I still think things will get better. And I do love the whole process. And I feel like this book captured that theme of everything is hell. Life is hell sometimes, but it's still kind of beautiful and it's still kind of optimistic and there are things we can hope for and a future worth living for. Yeah. And it's such a powerful theme and I, I love it. And it makes me cry sometimes. I think something that really stands out to me along with that is this book talking about the role of the family we choose and our actual family and helping us with that because we see Jake throughout the story grow as a person because he chooses to include the people in his life that want to be there. Yeah. I think oftentimes we have this desire to toughen out, be our own person and be a man, so to say. And this book looks at square in the eyes and says, that's not the right way. Like that's not what we need to be doing. Um, it's pretty applicable. I'm watching breaking bad right now. And um, the character Hank, Walt's brother-in-law, there's this really interesting arc with him in season three where, like, Hank is going through it. Like, he's had some really traumatic things happen. And I won't spoil Breaking Bad because I'm so lucky. I'm in the year of our Lord 2020 without having any Breaking Bad <laughs> spoilers. But Hank's going through it. And he refuses to let anybody in because he's a macho man. And you see that just deteriorate and ruin this guy's life. Like his life gets increasingly hard because he won't let anybody in. And Murder Falcon looks at that behavior and says, that's incorrect. That You don't go through life alone. You don't shut people out. When things get hard, you don't tortoise shell up and hope for the best. You let yourself be vulnerable. And I think that's a really, really important message that has certainly impacted me. And it's something that I've seen make a difference in my life as I've reached out and been more open with people. Yeah. Especially because one of the early scenes in the book, you you find out that, that Jake, this guitarist, had a falling out with his band members. It shows a quick flashback as he 
is in a room with them and he smashes his guitar and you're not really sure what the context is of that. But you, so you see that him and his friends sort of had this falling out and it's, it's interesting because you sort of have different kinds of characters. You have his bandmates who reach out to him, but he shuts them out. And then you have murder Falcon, this actual Falcon that shows up and really kind of forces him to be in a relationship with him. And I feel like we, we've all had relationships like that where it's like people show up and they're like, sorry, you can't be alone right now. And I know that you want to be, but guess what? I'm here and I'm going to help you. And murder Falcon or Murph, they call him. He does that. He shows up and he says, Jake, I'm, I'm going to be here for you. And you don't know me at all, but I'm going to help you. And I love it because we all have relationships like that. We have times when we go into our shell and then one of our friends is like, okay, I'm getting you out of the house. We're going someplace. I don't care where, but you can't live like this. But then on the flip side, he has to go back out and reach out to all of his friends and say, oh, I, I'm sorry. And I did something wrong. And I want to pursue a relationship with you. And so I love that because we have both of those kinds of people in our lives and we need to have them. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I feel like the characters and the relationships are really honest in this book as well. Like they're not perfect, polished. Everybody doesn't always make the right decisions. You know, like, yes, Jake has to grow, but it's not in a cartoonish way. Like Jake isn't some super out there edge Lord that has to learn the power of friendship. He's just a normal dude that is too tough to let the people that love him help him. And that's real. That's something that is impactful. And and even those relationships are kind of awkward sometimes. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of like that because I feel like sometimes we think, oh, if I have an awkward relationship, then I should just bail on that because relationships aren't supposed to be awkward. But that's not the case. We've all had awkward interactions with our family and friends. And if we let those things kind of derail us from those relationships, we'll really regret it. Yeah. And one of the big relationships introduced early on in the book is that between Jake and his fiance, correct? Or were they married? Um, I believe they were married. So his, his significant other, his wife, their relationship is examined early on. And something that is significant to me is that like going and, retreading that relationship jake making an effort to mend that relationship that we see is fractured early on it again it's not perfect like it's indicative of the kind of mending that i've had in relationships where like you know what like i have been a giant man child that's like well this is getting hard so let's run away and i saw jake doing that and i saw jake go back to his significant other like i did like i made a mistake I hurt you because I was selfish. Can you let me back in? And it was the most realistic depiction of that I've ever seen because his spouse was like, obviously, yes, I want you back, but you hurt me. You, the, It's not just going to go back to the way it was, but it can be something. And I just, I have to praise this book over and over and over again for its realistic depiction of trauma, of growing, of relationships and honestly it makes me want to sit down with daniel warren johnson and be like 
hey, buddy, like, how do you know all this? <laughs> like, what, what's going on? Yeah. And I think I also love it because so many times in, in movies and in stories, we kind of want these like photo op moments where we, we get a resolution. But in reality, life gives us resolution very, very slowly. We're the ones that are just like, oh, I want to have a coming together with this friend that I haven't talked to about and have everything be fine. But that never happens, you know? Yeah. You go and you have an awkward interaction with them and then you're like, well, I'll try that again. And it's slightly less awkward. And then you offer to be there for them and they'll help you out. And I feel like Murder Falcon does that really well where it doesn't give you all of the emotional release that you want up front there there are even moments where like parsh i was like halfway through and i'm like ah look at all these fun things coming together and i've got another half of this book to read there's still a lot going on but it does a really good job of balancing how fast people heal and learn and grow and i really appreciate that because i know that sometimes i expect healing and happiness to come a lot faster than it's actually going to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously this book has a beautiful message. It very tactfully handles that and the human relationships that are at the core of it. Um, I personally love talking about the craft. You know that. Um, something that you pointed out really early on with this book were the letterings and more specifically oh, yeah. the sound effects. And I think it's really cool that, like I like we mentioned at the top, Danny Warren Johnson does issues one through three of the lettering and lettering strong throughout. Like uh, Russ Wooten does a phenomenal job. But even just page one, Daniel Warren Johnson, with four tiny panels, completely puts you right where this van is, right? Like, yeah. you see a van just... And you hear grip from his little hands, which I love those kind yeah. of sound effects. They're like, jump, grip. <laughs> they make me so happy. And then, like, slamming on the brakes, clacked, scream, check, putting the car in park, step, and then there he is, our protagonist. Yeah. Like, you can hear the van doing what it is because of how effective these sound effects are. And... As someone that reads a lot of comics, I've kind of gotten used to just tuning out the sound effects, honestly. Like, I look at a page and bear, it takes a lot for me to know it, notice the kabooms and the vrooms. But, like, Murder Falcon does such a good job using them as storytelling devices. Yeah, I mean, as someone who doesn't read a lot of com comics, I also just, like, tune sound effects out. I almost don't get them. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And I think part of that is these are really bold and even the lettering on them, like each one is unique. Like as this van is screeching to a stop, there's just a series of nine E's across the top, but each E is totally unique and it looks like metal. I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. And it, it matches like the whole feeling of the panel. Like I, I haven't read a ton, but this has been the first thing that I've been like, that is some cool sound effects and the letters are just awesome. Or yeah, or even the page where Murder Falcon first shows up, like the guitar with the lightning just crang and then croom, and then there is Murder Falcon. And like how those panels are set up with the lightning coming down on the monster, 
and then the panel immediately below it, even though there are panels on the side that show everyone's reaction, like the lightning flows into Murder Falcon, right? It's like the craft in this book is on an, on the next level. Well, yeah, and the lightning makes up the the sound effect in the background. There's some you can't even see it because he's in front of it, but it's just like, and it it's I I've never been this impressed with lettering. And I feel like part of it is he's not hiding the lettering. No, it's part of the story. I feel like so many things they like put the sound effects in because it's like, ah, this would probably make a sound. But in here it's like giant red letters on a blue panel. It says smash. And you're like, yeah, smash. I'm not going to miss that one. And it's, it is so good. I love, or even a few pages later, Murder Falcon, or they call him Murph in the story, which I love. Yeah. But, (laughs) Um, they're both sitting on top of the van and they're listening to music while they talk and the sound effects are the lyrics to the song that they're listening to. And so, again, you can like you can hear that music blasting in the background while they talk. You can hear these panels. These panels come alive. They're so dynamic. You can tell what's happening. You can see the emotions on people's faces and like, there are no static moments in this story which is super, super impressive. It's it's such a rare thing for a talent to come along that can so perfectly tell a story through both their words and their art. Yeah. I feel like in my experience, people have a strength one way or the other. Like when reading Frank Miller's Daredevil, yes, his art is beautiful, but you're there because he writes a wonderful story. Um, but with Daniel Warren Johnson... His art is stunning. Like I would yeah. read his art on anything, but it serves a beautiful storytelling purpose that is also served handily by his writing style, by the kinds of stories that he wants to tell. Neither one steps on the other's toes, but they're they're equally important. And they contribute the same amount to the project, which is really special, I think. Yeah, like I, I have faith in artists in general, but I don't think any other artist could have matched the feeling of metal with the story about metal that he did just doing it himself. It's oh, so impressive. For sure. Um, I'm going to pull out, he's currently releasing Wonder Woman Dead Earth with DC. This is the first project he's done since Murder Falcon. And just with Murder Falcon open right here, I want to look at back and forth of the art and see. Does he do the art or the writing? He on does this? both in this one okay. as well. Yeah, so... Daniel Warren Johnson, same color, Mike Spicer. So it's always nice to see a team that sticks together. But like, even just these takes on. Oh yeah, that's it's the same. And it's, it's so fun. It's the same. You can see the same like stabs, greet the same kind of monsters and just vibrant colors, fast paced things. Um, and so truly, it's not just Murder Falcon. Like Murder Falcon is magic, you know. Yeah. But you can see there's just real talent here. Like you can look at a Wonder Woman book. And see, oh yeah, this is the same guy. And this yeah. guy does amazing, amazing, amazing work. And part of that is it's just so dynamic in the whole thing. So like you'll have panels where the sound effects or the visual effects leave the panel and just splash onto the page. And you just get a really good sense of how much energy it has. This is That's actually a really good way to describe it. I can think of very few things that the panels have as much energy. Oh yeah. It's something that Jack Kirby really 
pioneered in the 1960s with just dynamic paneling. Like that's what set him apart from everybody else. Everyone else just had a series of photos that told a story. Jack Kirby had people moving across the panels. And Daniel Warren Johnson, totally different style than Jack Kirby's. But I feel like I can say the same thing for him. Where there's so much talent now, like Daniel Warren Johnson certainly isn't alone in the talent department in the comics world. But I I would be hard pressed to find other people that have as much dynamic movement, have as much energy, like you're saying. Yeah, really. And it all works so well together. Works so, so well. Anyway, is there anything else we want to say about the art now that I've, I've geeked out about lettering? Actually, there's one more thing I want to geek, geek out about. Sometimes the sound effects aren't even sound effects. Like, Murder Falcon kicks a monster's head and it says, decapitated across the back, <laughs> just splashed across the whole back of this panel and it's all like spread out to like match the speed of his kick it's or it's a thing of beauty or similarly murder falcon gets a series of upgrades as a part of the story and it just says mega form in the back like i feel yeah. like this this is like an episode of dragon ball z some of the time which is beautiful and the the mere fact that we're talking about the lettering you know, yeah, we're talking about the sound effects just shows the kind of crap that this has. Have we done that before? Not really. We another podcast I really love. Um, I fanboy comics podcast. If you like us, you'll love them. Go listen to them. But they said the the role of a letterer is to not be seen, if that makes sense, which would make it a hard career because like you only really notice the lettering when it's bad. You'll be going along. And you're like, what on earth does this even say? Who did this? And then you like flip back to the front. And so the fact like we are talking positively about lettering shows how much of a mastercraft this book is that that small of a detail makes that big of an impact. But yeah, I love the art style as well. And I love that Jake isn't like your traditional comic book hero, if that makes sense. Nope. Like, he has a realistic body shape. He looks like a guy that drinks beer and drives a van and like shreds his guitar. You know, like I have seen Jake at guitar center. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, here's your superhero boys. But like you get your cake and you eat it too. Like everybody looks real. Everybody's fun, dynamic. And then murder Falcon definitely is an action hero. You know, you look, you're like, Oh, what's up Dorito shaped Falcon guy with your big old metal arm. Like you look like straight out of the nineties. But then the humans are human. They're not anything special. And just the line work in this, it's gritty, but it's clean. And I can't, I haven't seen anything else really like it. You know, it seems like Daniel Warren Johnson is just as happy drawing a fierce person drumming on their guitar as a giant tree monster or a giant monster to fight, you know? Yeah. And I really love, they've got, really heavy lines which totally matches the aesthetic of the whole thing it's for sure i i like really don't understand how this is so like i feel like it's one of those things where you can tell that technically it's perfect like he knows his craft and he's drawn a lot and because he knows the rules really well he can play with them and it works so well which is so crazy because he got his start in comics in 2016. Like, really? Yeah, this is this is a relatively new creator. Because I know he, got... he came out with Extremity and then this. 
Yeah, so I have his website pulled up. His projects are Space Mullet, The Ghost Fleet, Murder Falcon, Old Man Skywalker, and Wonder Woman Dead Earth that he's working on right now, and Extremity back here. So that's one one hand are his projects, and he's already wow. at this level of chef's kiss, you know? And so it is refreshing. I feel like he's almost got this new eye and this new take to storytelling. Um, I feel like it's comparable to assassination that we talked about. Which oh, yeah. is like how colorful it is, how fast it is, how fun it is. Definitely. And both have a lot of heart, you know, they're totally different books, but they seem to be this new uprising generation of comics where these are the kind of stories that are being told. This is the style of art that people like. And while this, this stands apart and I would agree, I, it's my favorite thing I read in 2019. Really? I really think so. Yeah. Like I read a lot. And then when I sat back, um, this has got to be it. Like I loved house of X powers of 10. We haven't talked about that on here. Um, I loved Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me was wonderful. Uh, what about giant days? Cause you love uh, giant days, giant days. I love giant days. <laughs> um, I don't know. Cause like, I love giant days cause I love those characters. I love that story. John Allison's a master, but just like a single read this thing and think about it every day. I really think it might be murder Falcon which is shocking. I, I got it for you for Christmas on a whim because I was like, I've heard this is good. And here we are, both of us, having read it a month ago, being like, oh yeah, easy. Best thing we read. Yeah. And it, it was impactful in, in different ways than I expect. I have a playlist now called Murder Falcon Forever where <laughs> I find metal music that I enjoy to add to it because I really wanted to understand this whole thing better and and the feeling i wanted to understand the feeling of metal and what these people feel and this like you described in the beginning singing into the void even when you don't know it's going to do anything i wanted to understand that and so i went and listened to some metal music and i didn't even really know where to go because this talks about it a lot but not specific so i'm on reddit and they're like yeah go listen to old metallica then old Judas priest and all these things. And I, and I did, and it, it was able to capture some of the feelings that are in this. And I had a much better appreciation for here, a bunch of people singing about how things are hard and difficult and bad, but that's okay. Yeah. There's almost this inherent pain in metal music that this shows and i mean one of the tearjerker moments we're trying to be really light on story here because we want you to read this book like we yeah. don't want to spoil anything we don't want to the basic premise that we've talked about are monsters are showing up in our world and murder falcon is here to defeat them but he is powered by metal music and there are more heroes introduced throughout the story that are empowered by different instruments that are used in metal right um, but one of the really impactful moments in this book, there's a character that is told they need to sing to help win the day. And they say, oh, I, I can't sing. And Murder Falcon's basically like, oh, no, it's not about a tone. It's not about a tune. It's like scream. Yeah. Like you just, you have to have raw emotion to make this kind of music. You don't need, and that's not to say metal music isn't 
a talented, beautiful piece of art because it is, but it's just raw and it's emotional. And that's the way I would describe this art going back there. It's raw. It, there are hard lines like you're talking about. There's grit to it. It isn't a hyper polished 3d little world. It's kind of sketched out. Everybody's got crazy hair. Everybody is screaming into the void. And that's, it's beautiful. It's a perfect distillation of the feelings that metal music gives you. Yeah. And before I always kind of saw that as like, wow, this is really dark and negative. But now I realize it's people trying to find meaning in the fact that life can be dark and negative. And that's a really valuable thing. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about the colors from Mike Spicer? Because let's do it. This book, you just you scan through the pages and holy cats, it's like you're at the carnival. Like it pops. Things pop off the page. There are so many beautiful colors. Everything here is saturated and beautiful. You've got earth tones next to these neons. The monsters are colorful and bombastic. I mean, you've got the rock and roll van that's like this bright blue with a yellow stripe down the side. It Everything in here is marvelous. And it's just like so pleasing to the eye. Yeah, and I'm so fascinated by this because it's so colorful, but it doesn't come off as like neon or bright. No. And I'm so impressed by that because it has a way of maintaining muted colors, but having them pop so much with different contrasts. And it's it's so great. Oh yeah, he definitely understands his color palette. He knows what to put next to each other to make things pop without them being inherently loud, which is so impressive. And it works so perfectly for the big monsters that Mike Spencer likes to draw. That oh my I'm sorry, Daniel Warren Johnson likes to draw. They I wouldn't want anyone else coloring these big crazy monsters with points and eyes and spikes and tentacles. <laughs> They look like they belong in this colorful, fun world, but they also look for an, I, I don't know, that might be a stupid thing to say, but it's just so fun to see it all come together this way. Yeah, and it, it had to be done so well because it's like, it could have easily been bad. Yeah, this, perfect. this book could have been so lame. It could have been a slog. It's just like, ugh. It could have been like this treatise to metal and edgelording and it just wasn't, you know, this book will make you cry. And that's so special. Um, what did you think of the dialogue in the book? Because I was reading a book last night. I'm not going to drag anything through the mud, but I was reading a story last night that made me actually stop and be like, oh my gosh, no one talks like this. And that's pretty hard to do. Like, I'm pretty forgiving with dialogue, you know? Yeah. I'm usually pretty open to being like, oh yeah, people talk. But I genuinely was just like, who on earth talks like this? Who is this for? Has this person never talked to another human being? How are they writing this? <laughs> like, have you just been locked in a padded cell for years and this is your take on humanity? And so it just has me curious. What do you think of the dialogue and writing style in Murder Falcon? I really like it because it matches the theme. It's like not pretentious. No, it's not. And it doesn't try to be anything special, but then the content makes it special. Like as you were asking me this, I flipped over I flipped open to a panel that's just fun, where a character asks, like, where did you get this thing? And they're like, We found it in a dungeon. And the other guy goes, There were goblins. 
it has jet packs and it's just like <laughs> so straightforward but it's just like that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's rock and roll and it's like the the sentences are all like six seven words long which i, I don't want to knock i feel like it's it's really hard to pare something down so it's just exactly what needs to be said is not overstated and you're not trying to force words down people's throat yeah i, I feel like the pacing in both the dialogue and just the storytelling are so perfect. Like we do see this big quest into a dungeon to retrieve something in the story, but then also we don't need to do that again. No one's going to benefit at all from just seeing that same scene a second time, getting a different instrument. Right. So they just, they give us that perfect little line of dialogue. There were goblins. It has jetpacks and we're ready to go. We're right back in the action. Yeah. Which is, fantastic and I, I heard something like that where somebody said movies or television shows they're real life just without the boring parts mm -hmm. and this is kind of what it feels like here where th they take the emotional moments and they skip the things that don't need to be there and they don't tell you what you need to think i get so tired of things that tell you what you need to think and i feel like so the dialogue was understated and i loved it and yeah i love that comment about life without the boring things because there are still quiet moments that aren't boring you know like this again this very could have easily just been an action book right this could have been a 1980s b plus rambo movie that was fun you know but didn't stick with us at all but there are like quiet still moments in this book where characters really reach out and talk to each other and they're the moments that get you like I never thought hair would make me cry. And that's as much as I'm going to say about that. But it's because there get to be these still moments. I mean, you're open to a beautiful page right now where Jake and Murder Falcon are looking out at this massive monster in the lake. But just looking at the art, like, it's a still moment, you know? It's like two two dudes being bros. Yeah, and it's like there's this monster and it's not active. And you, they're just, like, staring at the sky, you know? And they're really calm moments that are nice for such an action book. And I, I feel like it's another thing, like some people are like, I'm writing an action story. And so we're gonna go through a fight for two hours. And you're like, that's just too dang long. I can't sit through that. But this has all the touching moments to balance out all the intense moments. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book. Um, how do you feel like this book changed your worldview? Because I feel like this book was a love letter to my dad, honestly, because like <laughs> growing up, I, I never listened to contemporary music as a little kid. Like everyone else in my class was like, yo, Nelly will be with us forever. And I was like, it's all about Aerosmith, Def Leppard, Bon Jovi. Like I grew up on these hair bands, you know? And so to see this rocker guy that is keeping that dream alive, it, it speaks to a world that I've been a small part of with my dad, you know, like he is the rock star in my life. Um, and so it was this great love letter to that, but then it also, it just showed how much heart there is in the world and how many good things there are in the world. But how was this as an introduction to this kind of world to you? How did this change your worldview? I liked it for like an introduction to metal and somebody being like, here is a metal appreciation comic, but that's not actually what it's about. Yeah. But it helped me appreciate that and enjoy it. And I, I do actually listen to metal now on my free time when I'm walking to campus. 
And so there's a big part of that, but it also, it's hard to empathize, I feel, with with people you don't know anything about. And so this, I felt like, was, was Daniel Warren Johnson's almost personal look into his soul. And so I saw things that were important to people that I didn't understand before. And I saw that they were beautiful. And so it was interesting because I feel like sometimes there are stories and people have like almost contrived empathy where they're like, come look at this thing. But this was like, come live this life and be in my head for a minute. Yeah. Be part and it of like wasn't forced. And I loved it because it, it did make me understand metal more. It made me understand people that enjoy metal more. It maybe understand people who are like going through a lot of pain more. It also just spoke to being a late twenties, early thirties person, you know, which I realize I am very much on the, in the first half of my twenties, but I feel like it's interesting to see hairband people that are roughly our age, you know, and there are different issues that we run into than the generation before us or even the generation after us. Um, and this seemed very much like a book for us or uh, people a little bit older than us, you know, and their world. And I thought that was really special as well. It gave voice to a group that I didn't understand, didn't have a voice, you know? And that's one of the reasons I love comics is I get perspectives on things that you don't find other places. Like I, I love that Hollywood's trying to reach out to different groups, but you do not get as pure views of somebody else's culture and what they're thinking about as you do in comics. Yeah. I was, I was reading why the last man by Brian K Vaughn this last month, basically. And in it, he waxes philosophical about comics at one point. He talks about how this is in his opinion, the best purest, most refined way to get a story to the masses. Cause like for a movie, you have to have a budget. You have to have cameras. You have to have actors. You have to include so many other people in your vision to make it turn out just right. But a comic book like Daniel Warren Johnson has shown can be a, a guy and a pencil and they can just, they can get their story out there in an easy way for people to consume. And so it really is this magic medium that allows for so many stories to be told. It allows for, you and I to discover worlds we've never even thought about. And I think that's why it's such an an important medium for people to look into. And I hope to see it grow over the coming decade because comics have always been like each year has been the year comics will die since the 1960s. You know, it's always been like, Oh man, like they're, they're struggling. They, I don't know if they'll make it or not. And I would love to see this be the decade where that's shaken off because we're seeing efforts in Hollywood. We're seeing efforts all around to get everybody's stories. And this really is the very best medium to get everybody's story. Yeah. And it's, it's really approachable. It's so personal. I love it. Do you have anything else you want to say about murder Falcon? Go read it. Like really, I, I don't know that I can say anything else has impacted me emotionally as much of this book. And I think I will, I will give it my very first 10 out of 10 on everything that we've read so far. I think I'd agree. So your rating is a 10 out of 10. I, Ooh, 10s are hard for me to give, but I don't know what I would knock this for. I know that was my thing. It's like, I have a hard time with 10s too, but I'm like, if this doesn't get a 10, I don't know that anything ever will get a 10. So 
yeah, I think I might give it a 10 as well. So there you have it. We're kind of spotty about doing ratings on things, but Murder Falcon gets a 10 out of 10 from DTR Comics. Um, I'm obviously, I'm going to tweet out Daniel Warren Johnson, see if we can get him on the pod. At least, at least express to him like how much his book meant to us, you know? And that's a, a nice little segue to say, if you're listening to this, clearly you like us because we aren't offering you much. Like you just like us and hearing us talk about something you like. So if you like that, go ahead and give us a follow on our Twitter account. It's at comics DTR. Um, we basically just tweet out a link to the video every week, but we're going to try and be better about that. Like actually engage and say fun stuff and post cool things. Um, if you have recommendations for books that you'd like to hear us talk about things you think we'd enjoy that's half the fun of the comics community is just chatting with each other about stuff that we like yeah hit us up send us a dm uh yeah so dm us either at again at comics dtr on twitter or i am dallas underscore meeks on instagram you can dm me there or on twitter i am I was 14 years old when I made this, ladies and gentlemen. So please be nice. On Twitter, I am wakeboard underscore 14. And it's too funny for me to quit it. So you can DM us on there about books that you'd like us to read. Give us a follow. Interact. Let's create a community around let's this. Um, let's, let's love us some comics. Do you have anything that you want to plug, T? No, I don't think so. I'll... I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode of DTR Comics. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will be back next week with a book that we'll probably decide on right after we push end on this podcast. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye.